1: We are back for our number three on the only show willing to tell like it is. We're all about huge opinions. Big name cast Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. If you're just in your car or vehicle on the way home, we've talked about Michigan State taking on number four Kentucky tonight, 7 p.m. down in Indy. Speaking of hoops, the Denver Nuggets G League team, the Grand Rapids Gold, we gave away over 102 packs of tickets. And those fans and huge show listeners will enjoy tonight's Tuesday night tip off, a little after 7 o'clock, inside Vanando Arena. Remember every Tuesday home game. Buy one ticket, get one free. Tuesdays with the Grand Rapids Gold. And I'll see you over at Vanando Arena here in less than two hours. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com in the Vanando Arena box office. College football playoff rankings come out tonight. Michigan should stay at number three. Georgia one. Ohio State two. Dennis Dodd from CBS said that TCU, because they won at Texas, will jump Michigan. It will be interesting if TCU jumps Michigan. Tonight in the college football playoff rankings. End of the day, Michigan controls their own destiny. They beat Illinois Saturday. They win at Ohio State. I think they're in the college football playoff regardless, even if they would lose the Big Ten championship game because of that Ohio State victory. But I delivered our Bud Light huge question of the day, and I said Michigan's going to win out. They will be national champions. And our question is, you with me or against me on that? 1-866-838-4843. That's what 866-838 Huge. Add huge show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook. Also opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word huge to 21000. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, including the red shirt year, late 80s, early 90s at Michigan, and a co-host of the Michigan Football Podcast at the Wolverine.com. Skeen will join us. Coming up here in a couple of moments. Also, we'll take you down to Indiana, preview on Michigan State and number four Kentucky tonight, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, Tomorrow, it will be a privilege and honor to broadcast live from Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern High School. I thought with my son's football banquet at 6 p.m. tomorrow, it would be pretty cool on a Michigan High School Athletic Association Wednesday to broadcast from a Michigan high school. Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the MHSAA, will join me live at Forest Hills Eastern from 3 until 5, and Buck Geno, who's the color commentator on our flagship station, 96, won the game with Brett Makita and their high school game of the week, all the way through Ford Field. Buck will join me 5 until 540, and we'll talk all divisions, all eight, plus the two eight-man divisions and Buck will break it down as the HUGE show will be live from Grand Rapids-Forest Hills Eastern High School tomorrow. 3 until 6, we'll talk to Coach Swander. Hawks had a great young team. Watch out for Grand Rapids-Forest Hills Eastern in the next two years. Also, Ian Hearn uh, will join us. Ian led Grand Rapids-Forest Hills Eastern to the D2 State Baseball Championship and also an assistant football coach and Bryson Kudzall. Who was offered a preferred walk on scholarship at the University of Michigan and accepted it? Had a lot of schools after him. He is talented, about six foot, two ish, runs a 439, and has a four point in the classroom and a great man off the field. And we'll talk to him. That will be tomorrow on a Michigan High School Athletic Association Wednesday when the show originates from Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern High School. And thank you to A.D. Ben Sherman for his help. Last minute, making it happen. And Mark Ewell coming in from Lansing. And Buck Gino. High school football playoff time is awesome. And tomorrow with Mark, we'll go over the volleyball action. I know there's some quarterfinal play tonight all across the state. MHSAA.com. You want to follow all the high school postseason action. You're around. MHSAA.com. We'll talk about Michigan, college football playoff rankings tonight. They should be number three. You never know. TCU might jump them because they won at Texas. But I set it to start the show, the eyeball test, which... Going back to the BCS committee days, going back to what I hear from every chairman with the college football playoff committee, it's not just based on stats and analytics that the eyeball test, when they watch games, comes into play. And if you watch Michigan's defense, and you watch their offensive line, and you've watched Blake Corum, they have three superior facets of football that no other team can match in America. And that's why I began this show saying Michigan will run the table and they will be your 2022 college football playoff national champions. Doug Skeen is standing by on the Meyer Guess on, And Doug, you just heard my statement. You agree or disagree. God, Bill, that would be a wonderful reality, wouldn't it, if that were to come true? Uh, I had a vision, man. I woke I, up in the middle of the night, I, okay? <laughs> I would. I, I so much want to agree with you, but I
0: just don't know that we have enough on the passing end of our offense to overcome anybody that may find a way to create problems for us to run the football, and that is my greatest concern. What happens when we're not having the best of days, pounding the rock, and we gotta put it in the air and we gotta get separation with our wide receiver crew. That's the part that scares me. And that's the part that prevents me from going as far as you just did.
1: You know it's interesting, Doug? If we roll back to our Tellymore fall football summit in August, and we talked about the strength of this team being two deep at quarterback and the depth of the receivers, and here we are ten games later thinking that could hold this team back from winning at Ohio State or maybe even winning a national title. That's how up and down and crazy and unexpected this season has been for Michigan football and how they've won.
0: Well, it's, it's, it's certainly been interesting, and I think we also knew all well along going back to August this offensive line was going to be pretty good, along with these returning tight ends. Now, of course, we got some injuries here at this point in the season, which is absolutely normal. Uh, but still this is this is the strength of this Michigan offense is the five guys up front. The rotation of the sixth and seventh guy with El Hadi at left guard and, and Barnhart stepping in since Trente went down and I see now Trente's back and he's available to play. So this is the strength and Blake Corum has absolutely demonstrated a physical strength that he did not have last year running through guys and getting extra yardage. So It's been fun to watch as an old offensive lineman myself, Bill. I always enjoy watching that boring football just grinding people out. I just, again, I have concerns about what happens when we're not having the greatest running days, and and I think that's where we're going to have a little trouble.
1: And how would it, from a pure football perspective, Doug, with you playing down in Texas and playing five years at Michigan and a taste of the NFL, what is the game plan, maybe – Beginning with Illinois, I doubt they have the offense to beat us, but how, how do you stop Michigan because nobody has stopped that running game? Well,
0: that's the only you know, the only thing you can really do is you got to load up the box. you got to play a physical brand of football. So the best matchup for whoever that's going uh, to be to bring Michigan down to the loss column is going to be an outstanding defensive line that can, can keep Michigan's offensive linemen from getting to the second level getting after somebody's linebackers, that'll be the the case. I don't know that Ohio State has that. I I couldn't tell you that they do. I have not seen a dominating defensive line out of Ohio State. I think we match up fairly well there. But it's going to take outstanding execution. And the one thing that Michigan has done an outstanding job of all year long, we don't put the ball on the ground. Lake Horn does not fumble the football. Some of the other guys that have gotten in there have. Uh, But we don't turn the ball over. That recipe works for the long haul. It can continue to work, Um, but going into Columbus is a different story, and it has been for Michigan. It's been a struggle for the better part of 20 years trying to find a win down there, and that's where where my nerves get a little bit higher here a week from Saturday. But nonetheless, I think, uh, as I told Ballas in our podcast, to overlook this Illinois team, which I still believe has a certain element of danger to it, would be a big mistake for Michigan. So here we go, Bill. In my opinion, the playoffs have already started. Uh, and it started for Michigan a while back. You've got to execute each and every week, or you're going to turn your season into an execution or an exhibition game if you if you lose any of these.
1: Brett Bielema doesn't have a clue when it comes to offense, but I will tell you from a pure physical football standpoint, I think outside of Michigan, I believe Illinois is the most physical football team I've seen in the Big Ten this year. Right there with Iowa. Yeah, the offense. All-
0: so when, they, when Illinois was on their run, uh, I kept saying to, to myself and others and my buddies that watch college football closely, Illinois is quietly just beating people up. And that's beating ball, and it has been going back to when he was at Wisconsin. This is what he knows, the old defensive lineman from Iowa that he is. He likes the physical front, offensively and defensively, and he's going to punch you in the mouth and see if you can withstand it. And then you do the old-school play action off of that, and he had it going. And then the Michigan State Spartans went down there and hit them in the mouth and did a nice job beating them at home. And now all of a sudden they got problems. they got injury problems and everything else. But I still think that the scenario here coming Saturday, with everything on the line a week from Saturday, this is the classic trap game that, that Michigan could fall into. So it shouldn't be the case, Bill. It's the last home game for all these seniors and guys that are going to suit up for the last time. Should be a lot of emotion there. I wouldn't think that this is going to be the game that Michigan overlooks things too much. I think maybe that game was maybe Rutgers, uh, where we struggled a little bit in that first half and finally woke up and played some football. Um, but I think that, uh, again, you got to take them seriously at this point because everything's on the line every Saturday.
1: Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion, offensive lineman at Michigan, late 80s, early 90s, also a co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast. You can hear at TheWolverine.com, joining us here on The Huge Show. You just mentioned uh, seniors being honored on Saturday. Who would be the top three impact seniors so far for this Michigan football team?
0: That's a great question. Well, it starts in the middle for me. Oluwakimi at at the center position has been outstanding this year at the center position. Um, And then across the offensive line, over on the defensive line, Morris, I don't see a fourth or fifth year guy, Bill. I don't even know. It seems like he's been there so long, but he's had an outstanding year uh, in there in the defensive line. Uh, those two guys, and then the, I'm going to throw a little curveball here. Our kicker, Mister Moody, has been, uh, with the exception of a couple of hiccups, he's been cash money all season long, and we absolutely <laughs> needed him in that Michigan State game, kicking all those field goals when our red zone offense wasn't getting the end zone. So. Uh, those three guys, I think, have made a big, big difference. Of course, there's a lot more than that, but uh, the one, the one player in particular, I think, at center, Olwetimi, watching him closely, his technique, the way he keeps his shoulders square, getting up to the second level, and his feet are really good. He's a really outstanding player at that center position.
1: Yeah, he'll be a, a long-time NFL center, and quietly, I think he's getting his due now. Uh, a big key as to why this Michigan team is undefeated. Uh, Doug, uh, J.J. McCarthy, you know, we talked about, you know, wondering the passing game if teams can finally slow down or shut down Michigan's running game here uh, whenever their season would end. Uh, McCarthy just hasn't looked ultra comfortable as a starter. He's had some flashes where, you know, a second half or a quarter, he'll look great, but he hasn't looked comfortable. Is that still a product of seeing things he's never seen before as a starter? Or is it just, I don't know. Or, or is it just everybody seeing him come in late in blowout games and think uh, he was the next Tom Brady?
0: Well, Bill, I think it's a combination of a couple things. Uh, at times in this season, uh, going back just in the last few weeks, he's been taking some licks after delivering the football. Yeah, we gave up a sack. Uh, Barnhart gave up a sack off the right edge there the other night. Uh, to a guy, and so we've given up a few actual for losses. But, you know, I keep saying this, and uh, uh, I, I absolutely feel strongly about this. If your quarterback is getting drilled even after throwing the football for a completion, it's not a good thing. That makes quarterbacks get really jumpy. They get uncertain about the protection in front of them, and then they don't have the luxury of taking the time to really eyeball things downfield. I think that's had an impact on them maybe made him look a little bit less comfortable out there. And then the other thing is, is the, the, the mid-range to deeper ball. Uh, uh, he doesn't have the luxury of guys being really, really open all that often. A lot of his success has been drag routes, and mid-range route, mid-range routes to his tight end over the middle, Ronnie Bell down the middle, you know, 10 to 15 yards, and then let him run after that. He's been trying through the course of the year to connect on that deep ball, but it just has not been there with any consistency And again, you know, what we talked at the beginning of this conversation, I don't know that this wide receiver group from Michigan is all that great at getting separation and getting open and helping their quarterback uh, throw the easy ball. It's it's requiring this quarterback of ours to to thread that thing in there. And of course, the deeper you got to do that, the harder it is. So I think those things combined have made him look like he's not maybe the absolute superstar that people thought he was going to be this year, but, Again, Bill, he's pretty doggone good. What he can do with his feet and what he can do on the run with the football, the way he throws the football while on the run, is really, really good.
1: I thought with their connection that Anthony would be that guy, the the separator. You know, when they move Sammer still to DB, uh, you have – the receivers just don't look fast. And then what you're talking about, the separation, the the separating speed – I just haven't seen that from Michigan's wide receiver. Matter of fact, the guy that looks the fastest on any route would be Donovan Edwards out of the backfield.
0: Yeah, I know. That's the scary part is our, our backup running back may be our best wide receiver, and that's no disrespect to Ronnie Bell and the other guys out there playing it. Uh, and I don't know, Bill, you, you know, speed is you know one thing you can't coach, and you either have it or you don't. Uh, but clearly this Michigan group is not just outrunning people, but there's ways to run routes with some pressure and some head movement and everything else to get some separation. And I absolutely agree. I thought Anthony would be the guy to really have a breakout season. It has not happened. But, boy, there's been so many passes that are within a step or two of him making a big play. And But, you know, again, until somebody does it with any consistency, I think that's that's an area that a defense is going to look at this Michigan offense and say, hey, we can man these guys up and play somebody uh, underneath to, to help us on run support. And we shouldn't have too many problems here. So that's the part that concerns me as we head into the bottom, the bottom end of this
1: season here. Yeah, one thing since Big yeah. Ten play started, Doug, that I, I'm really surprised they, every team hasn't loaded the box and said, I'm going to let the uh, first-time starter beat me at quarterback.
0: Well, I think you're going to see that. You're going to see that this Saturday against Illinois, and I think you're absolutely going to see that down at Columbus, and we'll see how this Michigan running game responds. Uh, It requires even better performance out of a running offense like we have. And then these receivers and these tight ends, whoever it happens to be out there, and J.J., you got to execute. When a a defense says, hey, we're putting nine guys up there, Uh, we're daring you and we're forcing you to put the ball in the air, somebody's going to have to make a play, and that time is coming
1: will be interesting. They're going to get a physical Illinois team, who I believe will be more physical than Ohio State. And you do have the game in Columbus, which you're Michigan, you don't want to get behind. I know it's really tough to look ahead or not look ahead, but you get Illinois on Saturday. You can follow uh, Skeen and Ballast with the Michigan Football Podcast every week at the TheWolverine.com. Doug is a five-time Big Ten champion with his red shirt year, late 80s, early 90s. Heck of a job on the podcast and also – Here on the show, Doug, enjoy the Illinois game. And we'll talk next week about the matchup in Columbus. Oh,
0: boy. Can't wait, Bill. So,
1: go Blue. Thanks for having me. All right. Back at you. Doug Skeen checking in on the Meyer guest sign. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with the University of Michigan Athletics. Our Bud Light, huge question of the day. I'm saying Michigan will run the table, finish undefeated, not lose a game, and be your national champion in football. You with me or against me? 1-866-838-4843. 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show. On Facebook, all of our social network interactions presented by the Denver Nuggets G League team, the Grand Rapids Gold. They have a home game tonight, and every Tuesday home game features buy one ticket, get one free. That's tonight. Tip off a little after 7 p.m. at vanandal Arena in downtown GR. To the callers online, stick around. Michigan will hear you next.
2: From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge.
3: It's time to go in the huddle with Tim Stout. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day only at SoaringEagleCasino.com Michigan State's home schedule comes to a conclusion on a cold day this Saturday. The crowd will be lean. Kickoff is at noon. Spartans are an 11 point favorite over the downtrodden Indiana Hoosiers. It's senior day and it's a day Michigan State needs to win its third consecutive game to become bowl eligible before a finale, which will be a toughie at Penn State. If nothing else, the Spartans have a little bit of momentum now. They weren't glittering against Rutgers, but either you win or you lose, and they got it in the book as a win. This can state feeling a little bit better about the late part of the season when these games are either meaningless or they mean a lot. It means a lot against Indiana because, once again, a win makes the Spartans bowl eligible.
1: Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's the $100,000 Buckets of Cash. Every Saturday in November, each week, we're giving away $25,000 in cold, hard cash. Drawings are 7 to 11 p.m., with every winner taking home five grand. Grab Buckets of Cash.
3: Only at the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine.
1: Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. You're listening to The
2: Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
1: Still talk about Michigan State, Kentucky hoops tonight. Spartans are beginning a journey that's tougher than the NCAA tournament. Number two, Gonzaga in San Diego on the aircraft carrier. And if they would have had a better look at the end, they could have pulled that upset. And then they don't get into the top 25, they're 26. And you would think you're a shot away from beating number two, a legit win, not a fluke. You should have been back in the top 25. And they turn around, fly home, and then have to fly to Indy for number four Kentucky tonight at 7 p.m. Kyle Austin, MLive.com Spartan Hoops Insider Is standing by in the Meyer guest sign. And, Kyle, before we get to Kentucky and Michigan State tonight, uh, take me through that second half against Gonzaga when State really had a chance uh, to secure that victory.
4: Yeah, you know, they went up 12 early in the second half um, and had been playing really well, um, and it was a low-scoring game. So, you know, I really thought they had a beat for a while there. Uh, But then... Uh, You know, Michigan State really had trouble hitting shots in the second half. I I certainly think playing outside on an aircraft, sir, had something to do with that. Um, And then Drew Timmy just kind of went to work and showed why he's, you know, one of the two or three best players in in this sport. Um, Really hard to defend, got everybody in foul trouble. Lost Mighty Sissoko, uh, Joey Howard was trying to defend him, wouldn't work, and then you know, Last play, they had a shot to win it, but uh, Tyson Walker slips. I think the court was a little slick at that point, and they can't really get a good last shot off. But, uh, you know, about as well as you can play without actually coming
1: out with a win, I would say. I agree with that. I just would have liked a better look uh, at the end, and maybe not waiting until the end. Uh, shoot at eight, nine seconds, so if you miss, at least you can foul and give yourself a final chance.
4: And I, I agree, and I think you got to think about. I mean, you know, you're not used to in, in basketball thinking about conditions. It's usually a football thing, but you're right. I mean, it's kind of like kicking the field goal on third down in case something happened. You know, take the shot earlier in case your guy switched, which is what happened.
1: Kyle Austin from mlive.com, Spartan Hoops Insider, joining us. Uh, we'll get to Kentucky, Michigan State uh, tonight in Indy in a moment. Uh, what do you take from that Gonzaga loss for Michigan State that could help uh, the Spartans, who are a seven-point underdog? Uh, tonight against number 4 Kentucky, who is loaded with seniors, which is a rarity for Calipari.
4: I I think the top thing I took is that Mike Sissoko looks like a pretty darn good college basketball player. Um, And we really had no idea what to expect from him coming into this year. He had played so little over his first couple of years, had so little experience, um, that we didn't really know if he was going to be able to handle this load or how he would fare against a guy like you, Timmy. But Leads Michigan State in scoring, fourteen points. Leads him in rebounding with nine rebounds. Uh, Played with great energy, and you know I know Drew Timmy scored twenty two points against them, but he didn't get very many when he was matched up one on one with Manny Sissoko. I thought he was he was really strong defensively, shot blocker, um, doing all the right things. So um, I, I think that if you're a Michigan State fan, I think you, you should be really excited about what he showed because it was a very difficult matchup and. Um, I think he showed that that position might not be a position of weakness like we thought it would be. It maybe could even be a position of strength. All
1: right, let's move on and talk about the matchup with Kentucky. Uh, what do they bring to the table that's different than Gonzaga? You're talking about two, I think, uh, the two favorites right there with North Carolina to win it all.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, Tom Izzo called this the best Kentucky team he's ever seen. And, and he's seen a national title winning Kentucky team. And, he, and he's seen that one that went to the national title game undefeated and lost. So... Um, high praise there. Uh, they're you know, they've got uh, a ton of things. They got athleticism. You know, they've obviously always have great players. A couple of McDonald's All-Americans, um, some high-level transfers. So talent, athleticism across the floor. Uh, but what they really have that other teams haven't had before, other Kentucky teams, is shooting. Uh, they've got um, their whole backcourt right now, basically is shooting above forty percent. Um, They've got got a ton of guys out that can shoot it. So I I think that changes how you have to play against them. Uh, Because in the middle, you've got Oscar returning National Player of the Year. It sounds like he's going to play tonight, but, but he's been hurt. He hasn't played yet this year. So I don't know exactly how good he's going to be, but he can't really help too much. You're leaving a shooter open, and Kentucky this year has guys that are going to be able to make that shot and hurt you. So I think you're going to be, have to rely on Matisse Sissoko to go one on one against you know another big time center, and it's um, it's going to be kind of a pick your poison. I think in the past Kentucky hasn't had the shooting, and you've been able to guard them a little differently. But they're they're very well balanced and very athletic. They're going to run the ball a lot, um, and I, I, from what I've seen of them, they're going to be very very tough to, to, to play against.
1: Number four, Kentucky, unranked, Michigan State. They were 26th. In the latest poll after nearly beating Gonzaga last Friday night, that game is tonight, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Kyle Austin, MLive.com. You can follow Michigan State hoops all season long at MLive.com. Kyle, appreciate the update. Enjoy the game in Indy. All right,
2: thanks, Bill. Everything huge 24 7 at thehugeshow.net. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA, and they welcome basketball fans with a slam dunk offer. Hi, this is Matt Shepard. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to automatically receive $200 in free bets. Just use my bonus code shepbet 200 when you place your bet. Enjoy this NBA season like never before with a variety of parlay selection features, boosted odds specials, daily promotions, and a whole lot more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the bonus code shepbet 200 win $200, and if either team hits a three-pointer in the game, your wager is on. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older wager, Michigan only, this is a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons.
1: Have you experienced Grand Rapids lately? The city is vibrant, growing, and offers up so much when it comes to entertainment, including two fantastic concert destinations, Van Andel Arena and DeVos Performance Hall. Just Google Van Andel Arena and DeVos Performance Hall. You can get a list of the current shows with tickets on sale. Also, DeVos Place is the go-to show and convention destination on the west side of the state. And if you want to experience GR, go to experiencegr.com and plan your getaway to Grand Rapids and West Michigan. And speaking of West Michigan, I do want to salute the West Michigan Sports Commission for their journey on bringing Grand Rapids major sporting events and building a brand that's big not only on the west side of the state, in the state of Michigan, but across America.
4: We might have just come out with our most refreshing Nicolope Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice. So it's always going to have a real refreshing taste. Can refreshing get any more refreshing? Yep, it can and it just did. Nicolope Ultra Organic Seltzer. Made with coconut water and real fruit juice for superior taste. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Nickelodeon Ultra Organic Seltzer.
1: IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Tonight, the Grand Rapids Gold are at home in downtown GR inside Van Andel Arena. It's a Tuesday. Buy one ticket, get one free. Every Tuesday, home game with the Grand Rapids Gold, the Denver Nuggets G League team. Buy one ticket, get one free tonight for the gold. They're at home inside Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. Get your tickets right now at Ticketmaster.com and the Van Andel Arena box office. Huge show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. Final segment coming up with Frank Schwab from Yahoo.com, National NFL Insider. Then I'm walking across the street about two blocks to Van Andel Arena, the Denver Nuggets G League team, the Grand Rapids Gold, at home tonight against Cleveland. Buy one ticket, get one free at Van Andel Arena. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. We'll talk about another week in the National Football League. Just when you thought the Philadelphia Eagles looked like a team that could dance with perfection, maybe run the table because the NFC is all over the place. Washington beats them. Cowboys lose at Green Bay when the Packers look dead in the water. Lions win at Chicago. My Lord, Uh, the NFC. And matter of fact, we'll roll it over to the AFC with that Buffalo-Minnesota finish. This is one of the craziest years I've seen in the NFL, and we're just about halfway through, if that. Did we lose him, Frank? Hello, you there? Yeah, we got you. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, sorry about that, man. I was talking about how oh, crazy good. how crazy this year has been.
5: Uh, it really has. I mean, you really have a tough time figuring out who are the the real contenders, who are the strong teams, which teams you trust. I mean, the Bills were in that circle of trust two weeks ago, and then they've kind of screwed things up since then. Uh, You know, I mean, the Eagles lost last night. You know, that's kind of the headliner from yesterday, obviously. But I look at it like... What team out there doesn't have a bad loss? Like, Is there a team out there that that doesn't have something on their resume where you're like, wow, that that's really not good for them? I mean, even the Vikings, with with their one loss, well, they got blasted against the Eagles earlier this season. They didn't even look competitive in that game. So... I looked. At it, the Eagles lost the game, and you know everybody else has lost the game by now. I still think Eagles are the best team in the NFC, but you know you saw their vulnerability, just like everybody else's. This is it's it's going to be wide open, and kind of one of those things where whoever gets hot late December has got a shot to win it all.
1: Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, national NFL insider, joining us. Uh, the Lions—they're uh, now going to play the Giants in a game that has some important value to it which you know a week ago if we were talking we were discussing the lions picking top five in the draft
0: yeah
5: i mean it's funny how things turn around with just a couple wins yeah i mean it's good for them good good for the lions to at least get some confidence get some of the things rolling it's great for dan campbell who i was getting worried that hey man if you go Two and fifteen. It ain't gonna work out well for you. It is you're probably not getting to your three if you if you don't win some games. So good for them to get back into it. And they got a shot. I mean, the Giants are just not unbeatable. They're they're Good. I mean, I don't want to sit here and trash them. They're not a terrible football team, but I think everybody kind of realizes they've they've caught some breaks in close games with the schedule, whatever it shall be, and we'll see where they kind of go from there. But, yeah, a fun game, good game. I, I mean, I, it, 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 like you said, it actually uh, matters
0: now.
1: Uh, Cowboys blowing a 14-point lead on the road at Lambeau. I, it, is a Sean Payton watch on right now for McCarthy in Dallas? No, I wouldn't
5: think so. I, I mean, I look at it like, again, I mean, is it ideal to, to blow that kind of a game? No. But I, you going to lose. I mean, that's just what happens. I think the Dallas Cowboys are a very, very good football team. I think they're the second best team in the NFC. Maybe the Vikings. I, I mean, we got to give the Vikings some credit now, too. But... I think the Cowboys are going to be just fine. I think that, though, I mean, you don't want to turn this into a losing streak all of a sudden. You don't want to look down the road. You have lost three in a row, and you're, you're struggling for a wild-card spot. So I think they'll bounce back pretty quickly. There's another team that, uh, you know, again, I, I don't want to overreact to any loss because everybody's losing in the NFL this year. Nobody can seem to get any consistency in any footing except, you know, the Chiefs, I guess the Vikings at this point. So the Cowboys, to lose that game, not ideal to blow that 14-point lead, but, hey, you lost to a desperate. Packers team in Green Bay. It's going to happen.
1: How about Tua coming back after the concussion? Miami hasn't lost here. They are sitting at 7-3 and three, and you could make the argument playing this side of Kansas City the most consistent football in the AFC.
5: I would agree with that. I think that they've been really kind of under the radar and people should have picked that up. But I mean when when we were having conversations about, you know, who who do you trust? Who are the five best teams and the Dolphins really never got mentioned. They're I keep to use it a stat. I'll, I'll keep saying it. The Dolphins are 7 and 0 and games at Tua has started and finished. I mean, they're why why would you downgrade them at all? Just because they lost three games with Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater starting. And all three of those games were competitive games against the Jets, the Bengals, and the uh, Vikings. We're all going to the playoffs. So, so I think the, uh, the Dolphins have been one of those teams that's strangely uh, not getting the respect it deserves. I think that they are a very, very good team. They're flawed like everybody else. I don't think they're great against the pass defensively, but they can put up points while well, Coach Tua's had a breakthrough. I think that's a very, very good football team that, that's not getting quite the respect it deserves.
1: And no one's talking about Tennessee being 6-3 and three in the division they could run away with. And the Vikings, speaking of running away with the division, 8-1 yeah. and one with a four-and-a-half game lead over the Packers. Yeah, five five losses, uh, five five games in the
5: loss column up on Green Bay. Wow. Who would have thought that? That basically they had clinched a division by early November. I, I mean, it's over. Like they're, I don't think they're losing ground for five games of the Packers the rest of the way. Um, the Vikings are one of those teams where you know, I mean, everybody's kind of uh, whatever. The Vikings, they're they're getting by. But then you go and I don't care the circumstances, you go to Buffalo and beat the Bills. Okay, you have to validate everything they've done since then. They're heading towards you know I mean a good chance at the number one seed at the NFC if they keep this going. Uh, they're good. They're they're well co- another team well coached. I, I like their first year coach Kevin O'Connell. I think Kirk Cousins is one of those guys nobody wants to give any credit to. He's playing just fine. Justin Jefferson's best receiver on the planet right now. So yeah, the Vikings are, are a very interesting team going forward because I'd been I'd been dismissing them like everybody else, but you know after winning against Buffalo, it's like okay, well now you got my attention.
1: How about Brady uh, and the Bucks again. Uh, some weak divisions. Uh, we'll talk about the NFC West in a moment, but there's Tampa Bay back in first place, five and five, with a game lead on second place, four and six, Atlanta.
5: Yeah, and I mean, I think we saw last Thursday night when Atlanta played Carolina that. Yeah, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have to have just an epic collapse to not win this division. And they, I mean, they might win it at, at seven and eight, you know seven and ten. I mean, really, like it's they, the bar there is so low for them that I can't imagine they don't win that division. And then, you no, know, like we were just talking about, there's there's no real unbeatable team in the NFC or the NFL this year. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. And then if you're the Buccaneers are sitting there saying, we have all this talent, we're going to win our division, we're going to host at least one game in the playoffs, why can't we be that team and get on a roll? Why can't we go 9-8 and eight and then you know, they start to get hot and beat a few teams we, can, we, we know we can match up talent-wise with? I think the Buccaneers are one of those dangerous teams that they haven't played well at any time point really this season but they're going to win their division and then you know whatever Like you're, you're in the playoffs in a really weak conference why can't you get on a little bit of a winning streak right there uh, i i don't know I, it's going to be interesting but yeah i think after last week when we saw atlanta just look absolutely pitiful i think it's pretty clear the buccaneers are running away at this division
1: his name is Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, National NFL Insider. Final thoughts on the NFC West. I think the Niners picking up McCaffrey is huge. You talk about a team I like that may be complete if Garofalo doesn't hurt them. Uh, I really think it's it's San Francisco. Um, now, if Jimmy G is uh, solid uh, with McCaffrey's pickup with that defense, again, it's based on health, and there's still you know half the season left, but... Man, I'm starting to look at the NFC, and if there's one team I like to emerge, especially after watching Philly last night against Washington, it would be the Niners.
5: Yeah, I'd agree. Tower-wise, there's just no question. The one thing I will say about San Francisco, though, is we can sit here and talk about their talent all we want. They need to actually do it. Like they, they took a long time to put away the Chargers at home last Sunday night. They did good for them. They won. Uh, no, no, you know, not taking anything away from them there. But you know, we're starting the fourth quarter in that game. Like, wow, the Forty Nine ers are gonna lose this thing. Uh, and I guess the Chargers team is absolutely decimated with injuries. So I want to see the Forty Nine ers actually do it. I want to see them graduate from they're really good on paper to they're really good on the field. And we haven't really seen that honestly. Like we we see it spurts like the second half defensively was really really good against chargers we've seen their offense uh, hit a really high gear with that mccaffrey game at, at los angeles against the rams a couple of weeks ago but i want to see them put it together and then i'll say okay yeah now, now i can see it now what we have seen, they're not just paper champions anymore we actually can see this team hitting a, that really really high gear that we know they have but i agree with you they're uh, on paper i mean they're, they're they're easily a Super Bowl contender right now. Hey, Jimmy G's made a Super Bowl before. I should have won it if, if the 49ers can defend that, you know, long pass by the Chiefs there. So I don't think that Jimmy G's necessarily going to hold them back. I think that they can go as far as they want, but I do want to see them put it together a little bit instead of just us always talking about what, what talent they have. I want to see them beat somebody 42 to 7. And then we say, oh, yeah, okay, Dad, I, I understand now that the 49ers really got a chance to do this thing.
1: Yeah, if Garoppolo, like I said, if, he, if he's consistent, I I think they got a good shot at at least getting to the NFC championship game. Final thoughts on the Rams with Cooper Cup now, reportedly, uh, ankle surgery, IR probably out for the year. Uh, Matt Stafford didn't play Sunday Concussion Protocol. They're three and six in the most alarming number, with the Rams through nine games, only 148 points scored, which would put them in the bottom four of the National Football League. That is crazy.
5: It is, and I, I I hope I'm right about this, but I think the record for the most losses for a defending Super Bowl champion, 1999 Broncos, went 6-10, and but they had John Elway retire on them and lost Terrell Davis, or MVP, within the first, I think the first two weeks of the season, maybe the first week. So, I mean, that, that was kind of understandable. This is just a disaster for the Rams. I mean, they are trending towards being the worst defending Super Bowl champion we've ever seen, and... Uh, they had relied so much on Cooper Cup for offense. Like, He's basically their entire offense this year. What do you do without him? How, how do you even really uh, generate anything when you don't have the guy who was your only playmaker? Uh, and defensively, they're not great either. I just, it just got, it, 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 everything about it has been weird from all the way back to Sean McVay kind of, putting out there that he might retire and, oh, no, I'm going to come back with a raise. And, okay, well, if he all in, this offensive line is just tatters. They have no playmakers. The defense isn't great. Everything about the Rams this season has been legitimately awful, and it's shocking to see that from a defending Super Bowl. We've seen defending Super Bowl champions take a step back, like three steps back. It is Again, it's probably going to end up being the worst reigning Super Bowl champion in NFL history.
1: Which is good for the Lions because they have their first round pick in that Stafford trade, so that could be a win on both sides. Rams get that Super Bowl with Stafford last year, and the uh, Lions uh, could get a really high pick from the Rams uh, come spring of 2023. Frank Schwab Yahoo.com, follow him on Twitter, Uh, National NFL Insider, uh, joining us here on the Huled Show across Michigan. Frank, always love the NFL conversation. Have a great evening. Appreciate it. All right, Frank Schwab. Finishing up the show, stellar job by Superfly Hayes, just a smooth takeoff and landing If you missed any of the show, our podcasts are free, and we are everywhere, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show, where you download podcasts, and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. Just search The Huge Show, where you download podcasts. Big, bad, huge.